So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Formula One Sake, the F1 podcast that requires an extra lap to heat up our rubber. What? <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One Sake, the F1 podcast that won't bother rebuilding Joyless Palmer's car next time. I mean, Renault must be so pissed off with that guy. Dobro, pos, have a lot, Formula Odin, Dlia, podcaster, Foden, Ukotarugo, e etom. What President Putin's trying to say is, welcome to Formula One Sake, the F1 podcast that has more fans in the grandstands this year than it did last year. Ah, oh, spasiba. Welcome to for Formula One Sake, the F1 podcast that will welcome President Putin to the show about 15 minutes before the end. I mean, to be honest, if he does walk through the curtain where we're recording, about 15 minutes to the end, I mean, I didn't realise our influence was that high. It would be surprising. I'm Chica Ayres, and today from the Picture House Central in London's bustling West End, we're going to talk about how Bottas upped his game, Palmer carried on playing his game, and Alonso wasn't allowed to start his game. Yes, it's the Russian Grand Prix. All of this, plus news, standings, our fantasy league, and in the state of F1, we will be talking about cockpit protection. That's all to come. With me is a man who has been on holiday for the bank holiday weekend. It's Phil Tromans. Yes, I've been to the distant shores of London because <laughs> I don't live in London and we thought it'd be nice. So we had an extra day this weekend in the UK. It's a bank holiday. Do they have those abroad? And as I don't live in London, I thought we'll stay in London. Stayed at a friend, stayed in a hotel last night. Ooh. Been doing the touristy thing. Went to the, cinem- podcast. Went to the cinema. <laughs> cinema. <laughs> yeah, we recorded a podcast with you lot. Which hotel um, did you stay in? I stayed at the the, the Double Tree by Hilton in Ho- in Hoban. Oh. Oh, that sounds quite. It was posh. quite nice. We got a bargain price. It was all right. Don't, you, no, don't say that. But when you say that, Hilton, I mean, we paid. Oh, paid a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Did you strip it bare of freebies? Because I, I, I mean, you are. Little... We're recording this. You're wearing a robe. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen these natty slippers I've got on as well? And alongside him is a man who has been walking instead of watching racing. It's Terry Saunders. I don't want to make people think that I'm a middle-aged man, but at the age of 37, I went on a walking weekend. Wow. And uh, did a lot of walking. And how was it? <sighs> I'm really tired. My legs hurt, and we got a bit lost. Where were you? 
Rye to from Winchelsea to Rye, and we okay. met a man who we were walking past his house, and he went, "Are you new here?" And I was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> and he invited us in. He went into his garden. I thought he was going to kill us. <laughs> and he told us about how he, he said, "Like you look over it." He said, "Over there, that's where Spike Milligan used to live. That's the house where Rod Hull fell off and died. Paul McCartney lives over there." And then he was like, "Oh, I've got George Harrison's birth certificate on my wall." And we were like, "What?" He was like, "Oh, as a pilot, I used to fly the Beatles around." And we're just like, "Wow!" Just getting that way going. Did you get? Did you see it? No, he wouldn't let us in the house. Uh, he he peered through the window and said, "You can't quite." see it from here and it's just it was very odd then I met another guy at the end right and we, we, we were sat in his seat outside a caravan and then he kind of came out and he was like he told us the way out of nowhere he just said uh, yeah and I was with my mum and some other friends we were in the Isle of Man somewhere and we were having a we just like sat chatting and stuff and she was just like oh I was just chatting to that guy over there which guy went yeah, that guy with the funny moustache he owns the place he races cars apparently oh. and it was Nigel Mansell no! and apparently the mother had said to him this place is nice but the toilets need cleaning that's a good that's another Nigel Mansell story to add to your so portfolio so dirty toilets dirty toilets Chica. Chica what have you been out to I am currently filled with rage uh oh why um, because this is your Jeremy Clarkson uh, I cycled here sunny cycle bank holiday Monday there'll be no cars on the road I discovered bank holiday drivers is that a thing a Sunday drivers are a thing. I can only Maybe imagine that same. bank holiday driver things are similar. I mean, I usually drive outside of London because London's a nightmare to drive yeah. in. But no, they, there's some people who think, oh, we'll go up for a nice drive. <sighs> there was one guy who just turned left, no, right in front of me, even though he wasn't allowed to. You're not helping your story. Light, <laughs> I, say, I think we're seeing the reason <laughs> for your troubles. He turned in front of me, even though it was a red light, livid. And um, I just, I'm on my bike, I'm like, I'm a horrible, horrible person. I'm... I won't repeat what I said because um, actually my dad um, started listening to podcasts now. I've been working podcasts for about four years. I've now sat him down <laughs> and was like, this is what it is. So he started listening. So Do you listen to this one? Hey, well, Chico's th- dad. Just in case he does, I'm not going to say what I said. Hey, go on, say it. Go on. Move, you Chica! I, the man just stopped and shouted at me and it was just very stressful. And then I turned to write chicken and didn't shout back. I think I might be a bad influence on you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's begin, as we always do, with you, the public, as we shuffle gormlessly towards Listener's Corner. We asked you what you thought of the Russian Grand Prix, and you answered with less enthusiasm than Chase Carey and Vladimir Putin might have hoped for. Matthew Restaino said, It was bloody awful. Certain people will say it's a classic as the leader was being chased down, but there was no chance of better overtaking. Same as there was no way Raikkonen could overtake Verstappen. Track position is king. There were no overtakes in the whole race. That's true. That, that's the statistic that's damning of all. There was a couple of overtakes on like the f- opening corner. First lap, yeah. And then there was not a single overtake for the rest of the race. It's not all great, pit is it? stops. It's so boring. Because because I was out walking, you know, I was trying to avoid it. And I, I, there's got to be some kind of phone setting that says don't ruin the sport result for me because I, I tried to be really good and avoid it, and then just suddenly got like a retweet of. Well, let's well turn done. your phone off. Yeah, but I need it because I'm lost in the bloody countryside. Put it on flight mode or turn all your notifications on. Oh, God. I turned data off, but I was going for lunch with my mum. She looked at who won and uh, she went, oh, that's really good for him. Really pleased for him. Oh. Obviously, well, that could have been anyone. No. No, it could have been. Oh, that was, no, that's really good for Palmer, isn't no, it? Oh, has he done well? <laughs> He's had a lot of trouble. like, fuck off if it was Palmer. <laughs> Hi, Mike Colin, Sibley. if you're listening. Mike Sibley said, I thought the mountains looked magnificent in the background. 
every lap until I fell asleep. They d- I commented on the same thing mm. uh, to my wife, actually. I said, don't those mountains look really nice in the background of the circuit? Maybe they should put the track on the mountains. I mean, make it elevation exciting. changes is always good for a circuit. They could use a bit more. Especially the bit where in between corners 14 and 15, they have to get a ski lift. <laughs> and he's gone. <laughs> just has to get on. Yeah, it's a This is a slow point of the lap for the Williams. It says a lot about the quality of the race when we're sort of going, oh, isn't the landscape nice? It's just shit. And, I mean, can we talk about Putin? Vladimir Putin, one of the most powerful men in the world, and frankly, a corrupt. Allegedly. Is, no, not allegedly. <laughs> Our lawyers say. Allegedly. Allegedly. And he comes up at the end of the race with Bernie Eccleston. Who's like, desperately trying to get on camera. Did you see that? He kept hi, waving me, to the me, camera. Me, 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 me. He just seems sort of bouncing up from yeah, the bottom yeah, of the frame yeah, yeah. like just a sort of dog it, on a trampoline. I mean, obviously, Formula 1 drivers don't want to get involved in politics. They're not going to say anything. I mean, it would be great. I mean, because everything they said, and then Putin's translator just said, uh, oh, he's saying that, um, that there's more people here this year than last year. <laughs> It's like, okay, that's really interesting. I mean, what would be great if Kimi Raikkonen was really the deadpan hero we think he is? It'd be great if he just <laughs> said, um, so uh, are there more people here this year than last year? Could you tell me? <laughs> so, something suck. I mean, he could say something about why do you hate gay people, but he could, you know, that would have been a good thing to say. Because yeah. none of them went there. It was bizarre. They were all a bit well, I was, think, I was, th- I was thinking along similar lines. Might. I was thinking along similar lines. I was like, well, I mean, what's really going to happen? They're not going to chuck you in prison. They're not going to oh, stop you coming on. back to race. What are they going to do? I mean, they're Formula One drivers and they've got the cameras on them. And not, come on. They only do that Don't in the... Don't be so uh, naive, right? I was they, would, they would only do that. I mean, they'd I, probably get stabbed in the leg with an umbrella when they're back home three I weeks had, later or something. I had my post-race bath, which is a tradition in my, in my family. And I was lying in the bath and I was thinking, if I was the a Formula One driver and I was on the podium of this race, I would have used the opportunity to say something to Putin against... You know, gay rights or no, no, not against, against gay, gay, gay rights. Gay. I think what you're doing I'm is with great. You. Yeah. Oh god. I just think what would happen then? That that driver would be someone famously showing up Putin, and he would be dead within six months. Right. He'd have a mysterious accident in testing. Yeah, there'd be a mysterious <laughs> testing accident. There'd just be, you know, he'd just be shot on the way out of the paddock. <laughs> Anything. So, you know, in that way, you go, well, you've got to just shake his hand and go, well, there's more people here this year than last year. That is fascinating. Well, Bottas Blair. had a go. Did you hear what Bottas said? No. Because no. apparently the, 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 the translator dude was going, uh, you know, all the hotels around here are sold out. And Bottas apparently, I, I didn't see this, but I read about it. Bottas said, well, maybe you should build more hotels. Ooh. I mean, that, that's as close to controversial as we're going to get, I think. I mean, of course, I, sassy Bottas. The thing is, I can't speak Russian. I mean, th- th- that's what the translator kept saying. Maybe he just said, I think your sport is disgusting, you disgust me, and I hate the West. You are the epiphany of the West, and I think all of you... The epiphany. Ep- epitome. <laughs> it's a bad translation. I'm, my Russian is not great. <laughs> You're the epitome of the West, and I think that this sport is terrible. You should all die. And then the translator goes, I'm not fucking saying that. So there's more people here in the hotels than there are last year. Matt Gamlin said, it's a bollocks circuit that needs to go. That was the fourth time they've been there and they've had one good race. The only thing that made it remotely interesting was the various strategies. I really like the big long left-hand corner that sort of goes around the round building, whatever it is from the Olympics. I, I don't think it's that bad a track. But I've talked about this before. It's the bloody cars. They're too reliant and narrow and it means you can't get near to each other and that's why. That's, it's, I, no, don't, I don't no, blame no. the circuit. This is the most boring race of uh, the season so far. Yeah, the, the, those cars have managed to overtake a bit in the other races. Not a lot of overtaking, but more than in Russia. Russia well, we've had exciting races in Russia before. As, as even, uh, we've had even one exciting suggests. race in Russia out of four races. I mean, in F1 terms, that's pretty good going. This track is awful. Even Valencia had good races. Even Monaco this, has good races. This track is awful, 
It's in the middle of nowhere. No one likes it. Right, I was listening to the um, the BBC coverage afterwards, the radio coverage, and all the people are just they're just on the way to the plane. They are desperate to get out of there. As soon as the race is over, they are all running. To- Alonso was probably halfway across. Alonso was annoyed that there were no earlier flights to the uh, States because I think he wanted to leave early, but there weren't any uh, earlier ones than the one he planned to get to go and test his Indy cars. I mean, there is. Some- was, there was just a shot of him in the middle of the race, looking really grumpy, sat in the garage. But he did say, I'm the best driver ever, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, and Honda is shit, which is pretty much what all his interviews are like now. Moving on, Sauber are putting their genitals in the shitstorm of a Honda engine. The Swiss team have reached a deal with the Japanese manufacturer that will see them cosy up from 2018. Can massive failure, plus desperate also-rans, combine to create greatness? Ian Montgomery said, I think it's a great idea. Honda need data, and they will succeed. Good for Sauber in the next few years. That is very optimistic, Ian. Mm. Based on the evidence of the last, what, two, three years, is it now? I mean, they will have double the data. They will have double the failures, double the... <laughs> <laughs> you know, they will, they will be able to pinpoint in half the time where they've gone wrong. So by this way, <laughs> I would say by 2020, <laughs> they may be, you know... Maybe not the, getting worse for every single. Re- no, I mean that again. Optimism. Yeah. I mean, it feels. I feel. I feel like we're a stuck record with Honda. I mean, they just get worse and worse. Well, no, they're feeling. <laughs> I think Ian works for Honda. I think he does. Richard Stevenson said, "Sauber have achieved the impossible. They found a way to go even slower. <laughs> Apart from signing Jolion, that is. That would be an interesting thought experiment. How could you make the worst possible Formula One team?" Sauber Honda. Sauber Honda. Right. Sauber Honda. I mean, you probably want to go more like Manor Honda, and you want to say have yeah, Jocelyn Palmer, and you want maybe Nick Maldonado in that car. Who would be the team manager or the principal? Um, who was the guy who ran catering to the ground? He was like the Ryan oh, no, the, the Ovo guy. The, 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 the money oh, guy. Stephen Fitzpatrick. Well, yeah. he was the owner. Who was no? Who was the chap? One who's literally one of the administrators who came in for like two races. Yes, there's what that was guy. his name? I can't oh. remember his name. And he did a load of interviews and didn't look like he had a clue what yeah. was going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, they'll just drive. All right, we'll, sure get, him. we'll, we'll get him. We'll get him. Great. Fact, that's going to be. A, I'm going to invent that as a game for next year. Well, shit F1. Not fantasy, like sort of utter nightmare F1. <laughs> well, Sam Miguel Wallbank posted a picture of Jean-Luc Picard facepalming, while Ian Cummings posted a picture of Fred Flintstone's car and said, literally, this would be better. They'd get further than Alonso, at least. This is getting very meta. We're describing Ooh. memes on a podcast. Um, it doesn't matter. Sal- Sauber are currently racing around with year-old Ferraris, and somehow they think uh, a new Honda is going to be better. In fairness to Honda and all their utter shitness, McLaren, well, the, the one McLaren that f- started and indeed finished the race did finish in front of the Saubers. Uh, Van Dorn was quicker. I don't know if that was because of Van Dorn or because of McLaren or because of Honda, but it does seem like Sauber are in yeah, really dire straits. Yeah, that's really not that much to be proud of, is it? No, no. in true. front of Sauber. But, uh, I mean, maybe Sauber are thinking, okay, well, let's, let's go with a well, team least, that are yeah. quicker than us. <laughs> at least if we get Honda engines, we can finish behind McLaren. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, at least then they'll have a reasonable excuse. <laughs> but there are rumours that Honda may no longer be with McLaren. Yeah, next year. Um, officially, this Honda deal with Sauber, which is now all official and has happened, is that they will be a customer team, and so the factory Honda team will be McLaren. But Eddie Jordan, who we all know and love, who we all know, um, has said <laughs> that he doesn't think Honda will be with McLaren next year. And while... Did he give a reason? 
because they've been so utterly shit. He thinks that he says they're talking to Mercedes and we'll go back to Mercedes. He's pretty confident. And while Eddie Jordan is in many ways a massive bell end, mm-hmm. he's not that often wrong. He does know his yeah, stuff. Right. He's very does, good contact. He does often say something that turns out to be true, but I can't really believe this because the amount of money that McLaren get from Honda, the sheer the sheer wasting three years. I mean, at what point does do you just think, well, this is a fucking lost cause? They've yeah, had three but, years and they're, and they're not getting any better. Yeah, but they have signed up for Mercedes consultancy. Mario Ilian, is that how you say his name? He, he's gone in, apparently, yeah. to Honda. So they've finally gone, all right, we need some help. Let's get some help. This so is true. You'd hope. <laughs> you would. And, and also, to jump to on your side of the argument for a second, that like if they do go to Mercedes, what's the long-term likelihood of success there? Barry I mean, Williams. Well, well, exactly. I mean, if they were the only customer team like they had been before, then maybe that would work. But Mercedes have got their own team. They're not going to want McLaren to be beating them. Williams are a good team. Do you see them anywhere near sniffing for a win? No. No. They're the best Mercedes customer team. No fucking chance. Okay, well, you can tell us how wrong we are. Tweet us at For F1's Sake, or you can find us on Facebook where we're FF1S, or you can email us at wrong at FF1S.com. So let's return to the Russian Grand Prix, which was 52 laps, approximately seven of which were worth watching in order to know what went on during the race. So we'll start with Mercedes. Now, after four years and 80 starts, we saw Valtteri Bottas standing tall, showing some emotion and maybe shedding a tear, or more likely had hay fever, to the Finnish national anthem. Hamilton allegedly had cooling issues and an odd weekend, which I think that could mean updating his Instagram story while driving. To be fair, I'd give that a like. Now, was this a one-off for Bottas, or will we be seeing more of that adorable man coming home first? Oh, right. So, <laughs> last Thus week... F1 was summed up. Last time out, I, I think quite fairly, slagged off Bottas as a no-hoper, also round, not a chance. And although I'm glad he's obviously listened and had a little pep talk from my <laughs> slagging off, come on, this was... This was good, but no. I mean, he won. What more could he do? But to be fair, he did a really good start, got to the front. Yeah. But he he, ha- he was in the fastest car at the front. Well, not judging by the rest of the weekend, he wasn't. Because Ferrari were everywhere up until the race. Ferrari were 1-2 yeah. on the grid. They were fastest in practice. So I why didn't Vettel get past? I, I, I feel that Bottas did very well this weekend. Well done him. Blah, blah, blah. He wins a race. What's the first thing he says? Oh, you know, it took a, it took a while. That was eight your races. I think the first thing he said, actually, was, fuck me. Well, that was good. I like that. <laughs> then he's like, yeah, well, you know, and, and every interview I saw with him, he's just like, yeah, well, you know, it took a while. Eight your races. You know, it could have been quicker. And it's like, do you know what? You're in a Williams with no chance of winning up until four races ago. And you've won a Mercedes in four races. Show a bit of gratitude, you bell end. He's, but he's finished. They, they're, they're a famously reserved people. I don't give a shit. Well, I'm not impressed. Okay. With his reaction. Driving, sublime. Driver of the weekend. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. But attitude needs some work. Despite his attitude, do you think that Mercedes could extend this contract? No. It's only a year, isn't it? No, no, they'll get a superstar in next year. Ricardo or someone will be there next year. Would you prefer that Bottas was a bit, uh, sort of learned a few things from, from Eddie Jordan's attitude on the podium? What, being he was- a drunk at a wedding? <laughs> He was exuberant. He was enthusiastic. Is that not what you want from your... Eddie Jordan came on the podium and said that was the most exciting race I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah that like, was a little what? bit nonsense. Do you know what, Eddie? Stop it. 
His pocket bulging with rubles. <laughs> he was like, this was amazing. And do you know what? There were more people here in the hotels than there were last year. Wow. What happened to Hamilton? He didn't have a very good, uh, didn't have a very good weekend, didn't he? But based, as far as I can tell, this race has appeared to be a lot more exciting reading the, or interesting, should I say, reading all the uh, sort of after-the-fact reviews. I thought this. It it's was a all great about, race on paper. Yeah. It was all about the tyres and very technical stuff about getting the tyres switched on and the difference between getting the surface of the tyres and the core of the tyres at the right temperature and if they worked. And it appeared that Hamilton just couldn't get his car set up to get the tyres right. Like, his style of driving, if he took the same settings as Bottas all through the sort of practice and stuff didn't do the same thing as Bottas managed to get. So for whatever reason, fiddling with the car setup, fiddling with the tyres, fiddling with the diff, couldn't get him the right setup where he could get the tyre to work properly. And it then it was in the race, it was also something that affected all the top four, apparently. It was warmer than they were expecting. And because they were so close between Mercedes and Ferrari, everyone had turned their engines up as high as they could possibly go. And because it was slightly hotter, they were suddenly faced with cooling issues. And uh, I would say that Hamilton is a reverse or an inverse Raikkonen. Raikkonen can never get his car set up right. Every now and again, he will, and he'll do really well. Whereas Hamilton, Button as well was the same. Yeah, Hamilton almost always gets it perfect, and then when he doesn't, he's nowhere. That was this weekend. Well, Hamilton was always quite good, and Alonso's good at this as well. Uh, until this weekend, Hamilton was always quite good at driving around a not-perfect car. He had that sort of breadth of talent that meant, okay, if he got it perfect, he was amazing. But if he didn't, he was still pretty fucking good. Maybe he just, he just doesn't like Russia. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so Ferrari. Now, in qualifying, Raikkonen answered his critics by nearly doing really well before mucking it up and somehow making second place on the grid be really disappointing. Vettel's chances of hope and glory were crushed on turn one, but he was putting serious pressure on Bottas at the end. Now, do you reckon a few more laps could have meant that Vettel could have won? This happens every bloody week. There's always a thing going, oh, there's five more laps you'd have got past. I think I've said this before. I might make this a future state of F1. Each team should have a joker, extra five laps of a race. <laughs> they they can use once it. in a season. So Ferrari go, right, we're playing our joker. There's an extra five laps on this race. That's cool. That's a good idea. Well, I would suggest... fuel and tyres and I stuff. I would suggest that, that if you look at the race and the amount that overtaking of overtaking that took place in the race, I would say that judging by that, adding an extra five laps to the end would mean that no overtaking took place. But mm-hmm. what if he has an extra five laps and Bottas hasn't got five laps of fuel because Mercedes didn't think they'd use the extra five lap joker? <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> you might be onto something. But no, he wouldn't have got past because it's really hard to overtake around Russia and in these cars. And anyway, Massa was there to, you know, go. <laughs> but Raikkonen almost looked like his former self. You know, he, he was... He was he could have got a pole and then quick. yeah he drove alright then that last corner of quality Tipped just kind of goes oh I fucked it up and just like yeah, you go just oh, go home old man go to bed <laughs> Red Bull well this was heartbreaking on lap 6 we said goodbye to our favourite Aussie whose rear brake was on fire and then for the rest of the race we kept getting shown different angles of Ricardo's sad face followed by Brave Wave <laughs> did they not think about what he was doing to us do you reckon he's regretting extending his contract with Red Bull to 2018? Why are Red Bull so shit? This was supposed to be their year. Mm. Adrian Newey's found it in. This is just like, they are awful. And this is just, well, I mean, they're not as good as the top two, but they're still better than everybody else. Yeah, but come on. Being I mean, better than, I could be better than Williams. <laughs> <laughs> they're just, it's rubbish. It's, it's absolutely disappointing. And However, Red yeah. Bull have promised updates. Haven't they all? Yeah, apparently Barcelona, Barcelona. they're going to have a heavily revised car. And I mean, I don't want to put words into their mouth, but maybe they think they could get a podium by Barcelona. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. 
Whatever. It's going to be a very large podium if everybody's uh, predictions come correct, <laughs> isn't it? Everyone is joint third. It <laughs> <laughs> just literally come seven abreast over the line. I don't know. I mean, that rear brake thing was a bit weird, wasn't it? It looked like yeah. something... I saw the shot of the brake afterwards and it looked like something was rubbing. I don't know if he'd hit somebody and the actual rim was rubbing on the brake because it looked like... It wasn't just the fact that it was too hot. It looked it's like probably it probably the spy cameras the Russians put into the wheel. <laughs> probably is, kind of yeah. We'll just put that in, go back to Milton Keynes, spy what about What about Verstappen? He wasn't doing anything exciting in this race, he was, was he? He sat on his own for the most of the race, yeah. wasn't he? Because he was way quicker than everybody else, but oh, he but, couldn't but, get anywhere but near. But Terry, Terry, Verstappen's so amazing. It doesn't matter what he does. It always wins races. Oh, year two <laughs> of Red Bull and Verstappen's chung along on, their own, uh, on his own. Excuse me, Terry. You were the one that was like, I take it that. You were right. Verstappen is very, very good. If I didn't know you better, Terry, I'd say you were jumping on every bandwagon going. <laughs> I jump on a bandwagon and then just as it goes into the cliff, I jump off. That's what I do. <laughs> I think, hold my thumb out for the next bandwagon. No one's noticed this before. I just, I don't, I don't have any leeches. I don't care. It's all shit. And there was one point in the race when I was looking through it. it show, you know, it shows the, uh, the gaps between everybody on the top left of the screen in seconds and there was one point where like everybody was about 30 seconds behind the next closest person and I think that was the story of Verstappen's race best bit of the race just sat on his own just after Bias wins that all the three letter codes of the drivers become their full surname mm. did you notice that saw that I like that that was amazing I reckon mm. they should make that more interesting and just have the codes be like encrypted so you don't know which driver's which and at the end you go oh it was Bias <laughs> oh. <laughs> which let's go back to that radio message of Raikkonen when he went how is Bias ahead of me they're like he's been the lead the whole time oh <laughs> <laughs> oh I thought it was the other guy okay sorry <laughs> okay so Williams Stroll finished Yes, he had a spin, but that didn't stop him. And Bottas owes Massa a Christmas card. Now, how do you feel about Massa's antics in the closing laps? It didn't look particularly vicious or pernicious or any other kind of vicious. No, I don't think it was that bad. But I don't, you know, the thing is, what... Well, I suppose every second, every quarter of a second counts in that kind of situation. With poor Daniels. <laughs> no, just me. Um, th- that Basically, when Bottas got past Massa... That was it, game over. There was no way that Vettel, even if Bottas, even if Massa just parked the car and let Vettel go by, there was no way that there was on the last lap, so that's yeah. one corner of a potential overtake left. There was absolutely no chance. But you know, it didn't. It didn't hurt. It didn't <laughs> stop Massa. Vettel mouthing off a bit, did it? Yeah, but you know, that's what he does, isn't it? He is. He is getting quite moany. But if you think about it, Massa is only driving this year because of Bottas. Because of you know, he's driving in Bottas's car. Terry. Don't mention that name. Oh, Every God. episode. We're going to break the beat machine. I forget this is a rule. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I don't care about him anymore. And yet you keep talking about him. Oh, God. I'm what does that him. say? I'm over him. I'm Are over you, him. though? I'm not over him. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's do Sauber. Well, this was a disaster. When you both end up finishing behind the McLaren, things are really not going your way. And they also said there's going to be updates for Barcelona. Should we get excited for them either? No. No. <laughs> I think when even you can't get enthusiastic about Verline in any way, you know it's a pretty bad weekend. Yep. It's hard to see them getting any better. Cause, I mean, if Honda. Are, Honda engines. Pretty, pretty I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. If that's your sort of light at the end of the tunnel, is a Honda engine. <laughs> I mean, there, there, could be an, there could be an argument to say that because they're so focused on themselves, they haven't noticed how bad the Honda is. And they're just going, right, well, what's on the rest of the grid? I don't know. Oh, uh, Honda, want to give us our engines? Well, Honda, I've heard of them. <laughs> they make great lawnmowers. They're great. <laughs> My neighbour had an S2000 and I loved it. 
Thank you. Well, let's talk about Force India because we're really running out of things to say about Salba. Now, they were good. They were made really quite good, though, by Williams being shit. Ocon was impressive, but he, more importantly, he is adorable. And they both brought home points. Is this the best they can do? They're outperforming themselves. They, they shouldn't be this high up. They're doing very they're, well. Yeah, again, well. I mean, it's as similar to as they did last season, isn't it? I mean, they, they're kind just of, very good. I don't know how we're not noticing them when they've got bright pink cars, but I really haven't noticed them during any races at all yet. They and just, yet somehow you look at it and they go, oh, they're both in the points again. Last few years they've done this. They always just seem to be like fifth or sixth or something or thereabouts. Their owner's in jail. Go, yeah. Or deported or something. They're sponsored by a water company their owners in jail no one cares and yet and do you know what Ocon looks like oh, yes so sweet isn't it Does, I don't know I've just realised I do don't know not? what he looks like oh he's uh, he could walk in here and well, I'd be he's like, adorable according to Chica yeah if you hear an interview with him Oh, he's so sweet. Oh, why? What do you mean? Is he just saying? He's, just got, oh, he's not. He's not much. egotistical. He was really happy. I'm showing Terry a picture now. Oh, Him. barely reached puberty. <laughs> yeah, but can barely reach the wheels. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Yes. Now, if I told you on Saturday night that Grosjean and Palmer would have a crash, who do you think would have caused it? Well, don't care. Okay. <laughs> I wish you stopped texting me Saturday night. <laughs> Got stuff on. <laughs> Jesus. So basically what I did is I read an interview with Jolian Palmer and he explained what happened in the Palmer Grosjean crash. Oh, I see. And I thought maybe you guys could try and guess what he said. Oh, sorry, right. filling in, in the blanks. In his interview. Fill in the okay. gap. Well, you know, heading down to turn two, there was a server on my outside. Blank. Then we were both at the race. So that, okay, so somewhere between there was a saber on my outside, and then we were both at the race. There's a reason that he put in there. It wasn't he my fault. He would have blamed someone. So I'm going to say that there was a saber on my outside, and I just, oh, I just, what was I supposed to do? I've, I've never been loved. And then we were both at the race. I think he's saying, "Hidden uh, attention." There's a saber on my outside, and I thought, "Oh, that's nice. What a pretty colour." And then uh, we're both at the race. <laughs> There's a Sabre on my outside and a Sabre on my inside. And here and I was. thought, oh, they've got a 25th anniversary. That's really special for them. I'm really happy. I hope when I'm 25, I'll do something of value. Maybe, maybe you saw the Sabre and thought there was a, there's a large space there. I could, I could advertise Brands Hatch and Snetterton. I'm a champion. <laughs> I'm a winner. And I said to myself, I could do this. You could do this, Jocelyn. Don't listen to them. That fucking Terry on that podcast. Not that I listen. And then we were both out of the race. <laughs> I was. So what he actually said was, heading down to turn two, there was a Sauber on my outside. Then Roman made a very ambitious move over to the curbs on the inside from behind. There was no space to, for me to go because of the Sauber. So maybe Roman wasn't aware of that, but he kept in and he hit me. And then we were both out of the race. So, you know, he was, you know, very willing to accept the blame there, I think. You know, technically... It wasn't his fault. He got bashed by Grosjean. I have to say, then, I'd, yeah. And then, and then, in a weird twist of fate, that I don't quite understand the physics. Grosjean bashed him, and then somehow that meant that he, on the next corner, bashed Grosjean back. It was very That's weird. He did a big swerve, didn't he? So then, even when it wasn't his fault, he still managed yeah, to crash he managed into to somebody else. Crashed into him, and then Grosjean was in the air. It was amazing. It was a good old-fashioned crash. But at the same time, when that happens, right, there is an option. I know this is against Formula One drivers, but you could slow down a bit, back out of the crash, and then carry on. I mean, they were going That's quite what Alonso would have done. They were going quite slowly already because it was in the first corner; they all break yeah. down to nothing. In fairness to Palmer, I did think that was Grosjean's fault, but also in fairness to Palmer, going the other way, 
he did tits it up massively in uh, in qualifying. And in practice. Just, well, his engine died in practice. Was did that he, yeah, but he didn't he also crash his car in practice yeah, and then they had to rebuild it? Then he did qualify and they had to rebuild his car. <laughs> to the point that I would imagine if I was a Renault mechanic, I'd just think, oh, look, just put fucking cornflake boxes on it because he's not going to do matter. more than a lap, so it doesn't fucking matter. I'm not going to sit in my seven hours for him to just ruin it in a minute. So back to Hayes. The team were experimenting with new brakes this weekend. Yeah, they worked well, didn't they? Well, very. They worked very well. Well, they... Grosjean was stopped solidly after the first lap. <laughs> well, they, uh, I think they, because they, they were with Brembo and they were not happy with Brembo and they were trying Carbon Industries is the new company. I can't remember terrible something name. like that. That's a terrible and, name um, for a brake company. There and they tried so many practice. good names you could have for a brake company. It's the such brakes. as brake. These are the brakes. Stop right Them's now. the brakes. These are the brakes. Them's the brakes. Breaking bad. Yeah. Oh, well, that's <laughs> that's the headline for us, isn't it? But um, yeah, they tried them in practice and, and went back to the Brembos, and it went very badly. Palmer, uh, sorry, Grosjean's brakes didn't work well enough, and he piled into Palmer. Magnussen could have been in the points, but he got a five-second penalty for not knowing where the fucking track was. <laughs> yes. What happened? He, I think he just cut a corner. corner. I wasn't quite because they never actually showed it, did they? But my understanding, you know, if you go off at the first corner. They put that thing in last year where you have to go round the cone. You can't just go straight back onto the track. I wonder if that was something to do with it. I mean, I'm guessing. I don't know, but it was a turn two. I'd love to try and work that one out. Somebody has to run out and put a cone and be like, radio him, tell him to go round the cone. It was essentially like that. So I'm wildly speculating that that's what he did and he got in trouble for it because somebody else got in trouble for it at the same time. Let's go on to Renault then. So it was a very good drive from Hulkenberg. However, I bet he wished he still drove for Force India. He did a slight late stop, but I don't think it did much. And um, Palmer is still going to be a champion. 2017 Winjin Wanker Award champion! (laughs) Now, what are these rumours about Alonso heading back to Renault? Well, I mean, Renault would surely love to have Alonso back because he'll win another championship for them. That's what he does. Well, there was was an interview I read with uh, Cyril Labitaboul who is the team principal at Renault, who said, I think, uh, reading between the lines slightly, I think he basically said, look, we'd love to have him back, but we don't think we're going to be winning for at least a couple of years, so if he does come back, he's going to have to be in for the long haul. I can't see it, personally. But well, why would he give up such a, an amazing chance of driving in a McLaren that doesn't start to finish in the points? I think he's hoping for a Mercedes seat last, next year, but I don't know how well that's going to go. But Not a chance. Maybe he'll just say, fucking go to Indy. Because he did, he did go to Indy between the last race, between Russia and the race before. If anything, this race... And had a lovely got, time. Yeah, this race has got in the way of his Indy preparation. Well, exactly, yeah. He was over in Alabama... Uh, meeting his new teammates for the Indy 500 apparently enjoyed it greatly like found that all the drivers are quite nice so I wouldn't be at all surprised if he just slacks it off and goes off to IndyCar and then once he's managed to get the 500 goes to Le Mans Toro Rosso if Toro Rosso did anything interesting in the race then it was when I was enthralled in Hamilton's Instagram now did I miss anything? Sainz got the last point. He did all right. Yeah, because it was his home race with Putin's backing, and presumably got you'd think he'd score higher than twelve. According to Russian media, he won by several laps in a car that Putin built himself. Sainz had a three-place penalty for his uh, his wicked ways in Bahrain, and yeah, I suppose he did quite well to come back from that and get some points. Didn't turns out a nice livery isn't enough, is it? McLaren then. Oh, sweet Jesus. I have sincere sympathy and frankly pity for McLaren's press officer. How much longer can they keep this up? Van Dorn had the less horrendous weekend of the two drivers coming home in 14th and they said he got the best from his car but was unable to challenge any of the runners ahead of him. AK, we have really good drivers and really shit cars and have to be honest that we're running out of ways to put that. 
If you were Eric Brulier now, what would you do? Just kill myself. Um, I mean, I'd just resign. I wouldn't go quite yeah, that what's far. What's the point? Um, I th- what was amazing about McLaren this weekend was they had a they, there was a test we haven't mentioned in Bahrain after the race a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah. And in the test, Van Dorn did like a whole day where they were like something like eight faster. They were doing really well. The engine lasted the whole test. They were quite quick, and their official statement was, "We haven't got a fucking clue. <laughs> we don't know why we're doing so well." well let's clarify that. So I think the start, the first day of the test, it only lasted two laps, well, and know, then they got details, it working. Details. And yeah, there were these bizarre headlines that like. You know, McLaren stunned by not breaking down or something like that. But we've learned some lessons. We'll be back in Russia where Alonso won't start the race. This Brilliant. seems to be the trouble is that Honda, well, McLaren, maybe it's Honda, maybe it's McLaren, they don't seem to understand what's going on. Whether it's good or bad, they don't know why. And that is an awful place to be in. Yeah. Because if you don't understand why something's happened, okay, maybe, maybe it's a nightmare to try and fix it, but at least if you understand what went wrong, you can do something. But if you have no fucking clue whether you know whether you're going to do 80 laps or one or none in Alonso's case, where are you supposed to go? What can you do? You can't do any experimentation or anything. Stupid. It's just a nightmare. Van Dorn started at the back because he's already used all his. He had a 15 place grid penalty or something because he's already used all of his. One just of the bits all of, of it, the lighter, the, 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 <laughs> the lighter control, that's right. everything, yeah. all the stuff that Honda have shoved in there. You go, oh, we found an old toy car. Oh, is a. Here's an old toaster. That's all of it's gone in. Oh, we've actually used yeah. another one. We've got through four toasters this so year. So we're four races into a... How many races this year? 20, 19? 700. And uh, he's already used everything he's allowed. So it's just Penalty City from him for him from now on. So he's always going to start at the back. Well, Penalty City, there's a chance they'll get a podium. <laughs> so that was the teams. Now let's do the standings after oh, okay. the Russian Grand Prix. Okay, and the standings are in the lead of the championship is Fuck Massa. So, sorry, that's uh, Vettel with 86 points. Uh, in second place, feeling hot, hot, hot is Lewis Hamilton. He's had a lovely, lovely day in the in the sun, isn't he? Um, Bottas is third with took a fucking while, and fourth is think I need help. Uh, fifth, my career is waning. That's poor little baby Max Verstappen. Oh bless him. In sixth place, uh, best pink car in the race, and in seventh, liar, liar, pants on fire, or rather rear brakes. Um, eighth is Carlos Sainz going. It's going very well, but I feel very empty. And ninth place is Valerie, you owe me, right? <laughs> and no one knows what I look like. Well, we've changed that now. So in, in tenth. And eleventh is, honestly, Palmer is a wanker. I should know I'm his teammate. Next place, with, I've, I've mucked the numbers up. I don't know where this is. Is Twelfth place, Magnuson is training to be an accountant because he's so bored. And... <laughs> 13th place fuck Palmer oh another hate, another Palmer hater on the grid that's at least two it's the French guy <laughs> and finally with two points from Russia with love the only Russian on the grid work it out and the Constructors Championship team number one 136 points Bottas ruined our day second place is 135 points one point behind Eddie Jordan ruined our day we're having a great day he ruined it and in third place Adrian Newey's ruined our day and in fourth place our day was fine thanks by the way our principal <laughs> is in jail um <laughs> Fifth place, Stroll is ruining our season. But, oh, look, there's a big pile of money. Um, <laughs> sixth place, Youth Receding has ruined our day. In seventh place, uh, Palmer has ruined our day. And in eighth place, with eight points, uh, with no, eighth place with six points, Palmer has ruined our fucking weekend. Uh, so, Palmer, again, not popular. Not a popular wow. guy. Don't like him. We should start doing a Palmer report. I think we have been. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's time for the 2017 FF1S Grand Prix Fantasy League powered by Grid Rival. 
Banker Jiga, yes it is. Let's go through the top five. So after four rounds, we have got a fairly close battle at the top. Um, and then looking at the numbers closely, I can see it's not actually that close, but between fourth and fifth, it's very close. In fifth place is Peace and Furious, who did very well last race and are now within 20 points of fourth place, testing, testing, one, two, three. In third place, Flymo enters the pits. It's a mower joke. It's quite good. Honda, they make... I mean, Flymo's I reckon the McLaren company, Flymo would do better. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see that in the future. Who knows? Ten years down the line. Well, it's orange, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> in second place, it's just the si uh, simple name, Platypus. Uh, on 2,252 points and in the lead with a good 50 point uh, margin is uh, Mercedes-Benz AMG so it could be just a really boring team name or it could actually be Toto Wolf has joined our league <laughs> and he's just really good at this well I mean I'd imagine Toto's got a new baby so he's probably up in the night quite a lot bored just yep. sort of you know trying to get the baby to go to sleep because that's what being a new parent is like is it I think about? especially if you're a multi-millionaire you have a lot of time for Fantasy Formula 1 yes <laughs> <laughs> So, well done, Mercedes-Benz AMG. Let's see if you can uh, keep it up for the rest of the season. Now, to the FF1S Micro League, uh, which is basically how we're doing within everything. And we'll go in reverse order, which unfortunately begins with me, Tinduk Racing. I am on 1,851 points. I didn't do very well in the last round because I sort of forgot that one of my drivers had run out of... Had, was out of contract and I forgot to renew it. So I only raced with four drivers instead of five. I mean, five. in a way, that's what Renault are wishing would happen with them this week. They Indeed. Go, oh, we didn't realise that Jocelyn's contract had run out. <laughs> Sorry, guys. And it's what, in effect, McLaren did uh, this weekend as well because Alonso didn't even start the race. So I'm, I'm really adopting proper Formula 1 tactics here and doing suitably terribly as a result. Uh, in 32nd overall is Terry's team. Let's get Fwonky. Yep, proud of it. Can you just give us how's that meant to be said? I'm a big fan of Rick and Morty, and if you've not watched that, I recommend it. And okay. there's an episode where they have to sing a song called "Let's Get Swifty," and it's, you watch it; it'll make sense. And apparently, in the stock exchange where the Formula One have floated, for some reason, unbeknownst to anyone in the world, the Formula One official code is "fwonk." <laughs> is it really? Yeah, <laughs> Formula One something group, and they've gone. Well, Formula One. Fwon, and they put a K on the end. Fwonk. So yeah, it's they're called Fwonk. That's how the financial world sees our sport. Fwonk. Well, let's get Fwonk here. Is on uh, nineteen twenty-seven points and running away with it at the moment and kicking our behinds is Chica's team. Nice Haas on two thousand one hundred and four points, ninth overall. Chica, what's your secret? I can't give that away. Oh, great, brilliant. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks very much. Well, that made for a good segment. Uh, um, uh, any tips for our listeners out there? based on your success on what they should or shouldn't do marry well <laughs> <laughs> are you suggesting that Chica is is perhaps not blazing a trail for, for women in motorsports I've said too much Chica do you, what's he talking about Chica I've had a, a bit of help some guidance is um, it from Toto Wolf for, yes he rung me earlier he said mate you don't look like you're doing well enough I want you to beat those boys I want you to beat those boys. I want you to beat those boys. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> well, anyway, so that's how we're getting on. I'll be honest, I think you guys can probably do better. And it's not too late to join. If you do want to join, uh, there's a clever algorithm that means that uh, even though you've missed the first four races, you can join in now and still be in with a chance of winning. And you need to go to this address, Terry. FF1S.com slash grid rival. That's good. You got it first time. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, let's not joke about it. 
I mean, I could set it up as www.ff1s.com forward slash. Hey, this is where the grid rival link should be. Can you do that? Yep. Okay, listeners, give that a go. See if Terry's actually got around to doing it. Um, Unlikely. <laughs> uh, yeah, please join in. We've got like 200 and so many people now. Show how good you are at predicting how well or badly people are going to do. And I think uh, you get a load of money. And I believe Jolian Palmer is probably pretty good value right now. Because I can't believe his price has stayed very high. Is that good value, though? That's like saying, oh, look, there's a bucket of shit here on the floor for 20p. <laughs> oh, well, 20p's a cheap price, but what do you get for your 20p? A bucket of shit. We'll move on to the state of F1 with Terry Saunders. Goodbye, Halo. Goodbye, Halo. Halo, goodbye. Goodbye, Halo. Now we have a shield. Essentially, they've gone for a new uh, cockpit protection system that is basically that bit of transparent Lego that ends up buried in the carpet waiting for the soft flesh of a parent's (laughs) foot. This is the first sign of weakness from Liberty Media. By allowing a third option for head protection to be just mandated without any flair or discussion is exactly the Bernie way of doing things. And it's such an awful compromise. It's basically just a big helmet visor in front of the helmet and its own tiny visor. This week, the powers that be have mandated that numbers and driver names have to be massive on the car. So why not go the whole hog and just mandate that the helmets have to be fucking huge as well? (laughs) Just a massive helmet and a tiny car. Brilliant. But to solve this problem, which I will, we need to work out exactly what the problem is. The definition of Formula 1 is down to two things. Open cockpits and open wheels. What does this mean really? I mean, it means that there's not a big bubble over the driver or a tin roof. Because otherwise, how will we know it's a Formula 1 car? Well, if having your head wagging about is just asking for debris to hit it, it's so fucking important, then why bother with a fucking helmet at all? How many of the current Formula 1 drivers would opt not to wear a helmet if they didn't have to? None, that's how many. So quit whining about how some plastic protection looks silly and man up and use an open face helmet made of leather like what drivers used to wear. The other problem with open cockpits is it's a nightmare for aerodynamicists who hate having the driver bobbing around ruining your precious airflow. This is the biggest argument against head protection yet, as anything to piss off aerodynamicists is worth it, as it's been proven time and time again they will fuck everything up. Don't worry, I have a solution. Sometimes to look forward we must look back. How do we solve the problems of necessary head protection and also do a fuck you to the aero people? Well, pillboxes, like what they used to use in the war. I propose a cockpit being covered in a massive, I'm not going to say concrete, let's go perspex, uh, dome, but in the most aero-unfriendly shape possible. And to keep the ethos of open cockpit racing, there will be a large eye slit in the front. (laughs) The wind will still hit the driver and it will further screw up the aero. And on top of this, the cockpit cover will be so strong we won't need helmets so we can see the driver's heads. And this sounds like a joke, but Renault did their concept car of what a 2027 car will look like for Formula 1 and they had visor things with with transparent helmets because we want to see what the drivers look like. Ocon. And if the wind is going through the hole too much, they can just wear a visor. So no helmet, just a visor. So they can have a and hole like for a the pill box. Trip. And then just like those things they wear for poker. You know, a little green <laughs> visor thing. Or lasers. Tiny lasers that zap debris that comes close. In fact, this is a fucking brilliant idea. Like, like they've got the things for like asteroids and shit. Right? If a bit of debris comes close... Um, this is a great idea. In fact, no helmet or cockpit cover. Just one of those purple lights you used to get in chip shops that zap flies. But modify it so it's that debris and gravel <laughs> I like it brilliant mm. then we don't need any helmets just just a purple glow I think the industry is listening <laughs> about fucking time <laughs> I've been proven right time and time again 
Uh, there Don't answer proof. <laughs> I do recall reading about when when sort of full face helmets were first mandated that the drivers did have a problem with it because they did use open face for ages, and like it took quite a while for the, to get them to wear full face helmets because they're like oh I won't be able to see properly and stuff. So you yeah. might you might be on something that there's always going to be natural. I mean, I would love it if Alonso just turned out with a bit of leather right around his head. Yeah, what's the point? I'm not going to get up for speed anyway. What's the point? <laughs> well, Terry, we look forward to reading the comments on Drive Tribe. Me too. So that is it from us. It is goodbye to full Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about uh, Billy Munger, 17-year-old British driver who most unfortunately lost his legs in a rather horrible crash in uh, in Formula 4 a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so we wish him well and it's been rather positive to see the motorsport community come together to raise quite a lot of money for him uh, we did mention uh, this on our Facebook page and posted a link to his Just Giving page and quite a few of our listeners did contribute so thank you very much uh, to them for doing so good on you and to Terry Saunders we also have time to talk about my new campaign to make Formula 1 great again and that is by the end of this year I have to get a, in a room with Jocelyn Palmer and interview him Inter- oh I thought you were going to say like beat the shit out of him well you know <laughs> interview at first and then we'll see how it goes you know as his cachet dies down and down and down I think we've got a chance to get him what when you say get him I mean what do you what, what's your end game in this what are you expecting to call him a bell end to his face <laughs> <laughs> anything else is a bonus you're just going to drive him to Switzerland as you were talking about earlier do you know what no I think he needs I think he's surrounded by people like his dad who say he's really good I think he needs someone like me maybe he'll employ me for 2018 when he's working in Tesco or something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks' time to discuss whether McLaren really can get a podium by Barcelona. It is the Spanish Grand Prix. In the meantime, though, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake. And make sure you follow us on Twitter. It's at for F1's sake. Buy FF1S merch. We've got mugs and T-shirts and mini skirts and duvet covers and... Other stuff. Other stuff. Notebooks, clocks, phone tattoos. Terry, what's the URL? <laughs> www.ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. Thank you for listening. Please tell your friends about the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. I've been Chica Rez. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Podcast Network.